This is episode 9 of the Now Is Podcast. My name is Ben Remsen, and the idea of this podcast is to do a recorded version of the concept that you might know from Downbeat Magazine's Blindfold Test and The Wire Magazine's Invisible Jukebox to play tunes for musicians without telling them what they're about to hear and see what they have to say. What follows is the conversation that I had with Josh Berman on the afternoon of March 12, 2016, in my living room in the Rogers Park neighborhood of Chicago. Josh is a Chicago-based cornetist, composer, and music presenter who plays in many different composed and improvised contexts. You're currently hearing me talk over Blues by the Josh Berman Trio from their 2015 album, A Dance and a Hop. At the end of the interview, you'll hear Liza by Josh Berman and his gang from the 2012 album, There Now. The first Josh composed The second is an Eddie Condon tune from the 1920s that he seriously rearranged. To find out more about Josh's different projects and upcoming performances, check out joshberman.net. You can find the Now Is podcast in the iTunes store. Perhaps you already have. You can also stream it at nowis.org, N-O-W-I-S.org, where you'll find information about all the tracks that I played for Josh. Feel free to also like the Now Is podcast on Facebook. Okay, Josh Berman. Hard to hard to miss. Right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't heard this in forever, so I want to hear it home. Yeah, yeah. So you obviously you know what it is. Yeah, it's Don Cherry. Yeah, it's not Ornette. I mean, it's just, it's one of the Don Cherry albums from the last. Oh, it's uh, is this that old, this the 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 old and new dream thing? Uh, it's not. It's one of his Blue Note albums from with. Oh, with uh. Got to oh, on where's Brooke? Where? No, it's, it's a not. Different it's one. Uh, it's Symphony Dream Provisors. Uh, it's the same like series of ones. It's Complete Communion. Which one? Complete Communion. Complete Communion. But, yeah, the same, yeah, I think yeah, of those yeah. three as the same in my head. I was thinking of... 
I don't remember. Yeah, this. Yeah. It's been a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like you know. It's like I love him so much that I spent like this ridiculous amount of time listening to him. Like. Well, what do you love so much about him? Um. Well. Everything. First, <laughs> I mean. Well, he's someone, it seems like he's like, he's kind of like the primary text in a way of like this new way of thinking about the trumpet or the cornet or whatever it is. Okay. And I think he, he's someone who kind of, I think knew what to do with freedom, which, you know, like, which is kind of an amazing thing. Like he was playing with... He was playing with with guys who really were at the beginning of coming from only playing form mm -hmm. and only playing a, you know a lot of material that dealt with chord changes and uh, scale chord relationships and phrases and stuff and he yep. knew how to do all of that and then somehow deconstructed, I think, in a very natural way, his playing. You know, because if you listen to his early, the earliest records of that stuff, uh, yeah. of his work, you can really hear, like, I mean, he can put it all together and play the changes or whatever, and yeah, then he yeah. somehow turned, he turned, like, articulation and line into gesture somehow. And that's, like, that's a very difficult thing to do, to, like, yeah, deconstruct yeah. one's playing and kind of change an emphasis on technique into an emphasis on sound, you know. And he, had a, he had a nice sound before, but and he also is someone who doesn't seem particular, particularly concerned with chops. Although, I think on these records, Where's Brooklyn, Complete Communion, and uh, Complete Communion, Symphony and, and Symphony for Improvisers, yeah. he actually sounds quite together on these records, like right. the face, you know. Like just trumpet-wise, you know, like yeah. the the sound is there, the solos are there, the pieces are there too. Yeah. Like that uh, that symphony for improvisers, I think about like those are some pretty amazing pieces. Right. And uh, yeah, I love it. I you know yeah. So I went through this thing where I was always listening to this stuff, and then it was like a certain point where you're just like, okay, you have to stop listening. Yeah. And yeah. See if you can like forget about like <laughs> you know and it should. Right. So it should all sound somewhat the same, especially if you're really. You know, if you're really interested in it, you have to figure out a way to forget about it a little bit. Not, not to say, not to say you ever escape the skyscraper that they have built. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. So does that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we actually we missed the part. Actually, if if I'm allowed, I might go back and yeah, get moment. in. Yeah, get in. Because there's a part with in his solo that reminded me particularly of the sort of phrasing that you yeah, do. Yeah, please. And I, I'm curious if you yeah, hear, let's talk about if it. you hear that. <laughs> it's coming right up. Like this is like, you know, if you love something, like, you know, when I, 
before I started playing, I met, you know, I met, we I think I told you this, you know, I met Weasel Walter and yeah. started playing, like, you know, yeah, he yeah. was, I, I didn't know who Arnold Coleman or John Cherry was before that, and I remember him playing me the symphony. No, this no, isn't no, no, like no. at SAIC? Yeah, well, I was, uh, I was a Columbia student, he was a Roosevelt student, oh, okay. and Bill Pizzeri was at SAIC, and okay. they lived next door to each other. Okay. And he... What's the one with And this the, is, for, I guess, for the historical record. This is 1990. And so, you know, I mean, I listened to that all the time. That was like what I thought, you know, in some ways, you know, I had just started playing. I'm talking like, you know, from zero. And I had loved like Miles Davis and stuff. Yeah. But I think, you know, when I heard this, it was kind of a life-changing thing. Oh, no, I should really become like a free jazz you know, trumpet player of some kind. And those, those ideas, you know, everything that he's doing and there was like a whole swath so to me like when I said oh this is Arna Coleman with you know with yeah I mean it's all like one record in some yeah, way yeah, you know yeah, all yeah. of these greatest hits you know like all those Atlantic records sound like you know yeah. one totally amazing record with everyone just like putting down their instruments and just starting again like next week I mean the one that where's Brooklyn's a little different because Barrow Sanders is on yeah. that and it kind of has a different yeah. Vibe to it, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know. And Gato Barbieri does some like fire stuff that we're Yeah, there's a, some live stuff of this that actually sounds really different to me too yeah. with Gato, and there's that which is kind of very memorable. That's that's like really obviously somewhat different. But I mean, you know, we get you get this like hour by hour thing. We didn't watch them play gazillions of gigs, like yeah, you yeah. know, like how many gigs have I seen like Keith play that yeah. are totally different from anything I've like heard him do like on record or something. I mean, it's all in the same ballpark, but you the specifics of it are yeah. hard to say. Uh, like, oh yeah, that's that moment or that. But yeah, no, his phrases and those ideas. I mean, that's like you know, it's kind of like seeing uh, a movie that you love, you don't need to see it like 8,000 times to yeah. know what happened. Right. And so I feel like, you know, I saw, I listened to this thing, I was like, oh yeah, that's what it should be like in some way, and then just, yeah. like, if you can help it, stop listening to it. It's specifically these use of rests, like, right... Yeah, sure. I well, was, I mean, but I he's, was, was, what's interesting is for him, I think I kind of do that in a slightly different way, though. I think he's kind of like, it sounds like up top he's pushing into a gesture. Okay. But I feel like, I sometimes think I'm waiting, you know, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, and he's, I think it's all part of the same line for him. I think that's like why he's kind of, that's a more, that feels more primary text. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure, that, sure, no, I'm sure. serious. That almost feels like a better idea to like, why, why should it be like, here, here, stop, here. Like, he's like. The whole thing is one line. It's just mm -hmm. really, really like you know. It's well, just it's got, like, you there's know. spaces in it. I mean, yeah, there's, there's the space. Yeah, but I think that that's that's what I'm saying. When you know, he knew what to do with freedom. He's not a saxophone player, and he's not a virtuoso virtuoso trumpet player. So what's the thing to do? You figure out smaller motions, really dramatic mm -hmm. pauses, and mm -hmm. putting things you know, and figuring out where things should go, and then kind of. Doing more with a little less, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Sure, and it's sure, not, sure. you know what I mean? Obviously, that's a, that's a cliche if there ever was one. But I think he really, he really understood what to do with it. And yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. sometimes where it's ridiculously effective, and then there's sometimes where it's like, it depends on who he has for a foil. I think when he has, I, 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 you know, some things work better than others. Yeah, for sure. Thank you.
for the gang, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, shit, this stuff is... Talk about waiting. 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 You were, you were mentioning waiting for, you know, Don, Ch Don Cherry. Uh, uh, you know, he's... I mean, for his era, there's some real waiting in these, you know, in these, you yeah. know, he does some really interesting phrasing things. He's a real, he's just a natural phraser, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, if you listen, there's like, there's like licks in some of these things that you really find, you can really find all over. You know, all over jazz. Yeah. You know, I and mean, it's always it's fascinating. And of course, they're not. You know, he was a, you know, he was someone who definitely came up in the wake of, you know, Louis Armstrong. Yeah. To be sure, all these guys. But, uh, but he he uh, he has a pretty specific way of doing things. It's mm -hmm. kind of. Mm -hmm. And what do you? How do you identify that way? He has a natural rhythm which almost none of his comrades have. He kind of understands what's going to come. It's almost as if he's... I'm not saying it's not... There's a tiny maybe stiffness here and there, but it almost is like... It's not... Ex okay, I don't want to overplay this, but do you know when you're like listening to... When you're listening to like Lester Young and his comrades, it's almost like Lester... You can listen to Lester Young and hear what's coming next from Charlie Parker. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes listening to... I mean, you hear this listening to Louis Armstrong, too. You can't play anything that Louis Armstrong didn't play. But I think he's, like, one of the guys that, like, Big Spider-Back can kind of pull him out and be like, Oh, that's what it's going to feel like later. <laughs> you know? That's what it's going to feel like later, where people are going to be a little bit... pulled, like, behind the beat in their phrasing a little bit. They're going to wait a little more, you know? And it's like right. he has real changes ideas, kind of, that aren't just melody ideas, right? Mm -hmm. That are more like this kind of creating an idiom and playing with an idiom. And he sounds very comfortable with like eighth note, uh, you know, ba ba do ba da ba do ba You know, I mean, right. it's like really simple, but he kind of gives it something, yeah, you yeah. know? ba ba do ba da ba do ba da Like, then you can hear, like, this is where it's like moving to like Lester Young territory. For me, okay. to my sure, ears, sure, like, sure. where I really feel like when you listen to like the Kansas City, like those Kansas City sites from like 38 or Lester Young, and you listen to some of these, like you can really hear that he really, that I think there was some connection between like Frank Trumbauer and like that kind of light attack and Lester Young's interest and these kind of phraseology things kind of coming together, you know? There's of course a very dated quality to this. No one deals with time in this way anymore. People sure. don't deal with... You know, the idiom, is, it's changed so much, you know, and I think that was what attracted me so much to it. Yeah. You know, is that... With the His Gang project. Yeah, it was just that... Thinking about what if you, like, how can, if you're playing Frigia, if you're... <laughs> Did you hear how different it is than the material he's playing? Yeah. You know, like the solo... He really, he's really putting something in. He sounds like he doesn't really need the chart so much. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, not that he could actually read the chart, but I think that, the, you know, I think that oh, right. was like an issue if you read about that. that. Yeah. He had some, yeah. who knows if that's true, but yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, right. did you ever read that one thing where the guy says uh, that the third trumpet player's job, it, like it says like at the end of the, 
like right before the solo, it's like his job. It says "Wake up, fix." Like in the original Charlie <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't. Know that. That's but uh, the uh, you know, if you like, let's say if you're a guy who's interested in playing, you know, like just keep it free improvisation and free jazz. Listening to Don Cherry a lot is not going to help you. I think figure out how to do what you're doing. However, if you really like something like this, which I do, this is almost a help. Like for me, this was a great help getting to like what are the fundamentals of music, because I didn't really have all that stuff. You know, right, I started right, as right. a college guy. You know, I mean, I was already yeah. old when I started playing music. So this was like a great help trying to figure out something about the roots of music. And what, yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like yeah, technically, yeah, yeah. and I think like you could learn a lot from this music about one and five. Yeah, Just dealing with the yeah. roots of it. And I well, think, it's very Baroque almost. Yeah, like, it's just, it's like, got its own, you know, and I think it's also, its context is so far away from us today. And I think there's something otherworldly about it in a yeah. way. I mean, there's also something, I mean, it depends on what your world is like. It also can sound extremely corny and very square to some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And or it can, sound, it can also sound to some people like what jazz is. So I you, know, but I... When you say I, jazz, they think but, this is the And only, I know, but know. I come from a thing where jazz is like Peter Brotzman and yeah, John right. Coltrane and, you know, and Miles Davis and all, whatever, all yeah. of this canon of, you know, great, yeah, 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 straight yeah. ahead, great free jazz, whatever. And so for me, this sounds like None of that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think that was one of the exciting parts about learning about this music was dealing with it, like trying to understand its time almost, you know, right. the time that made it and like, what is it? What is it? You know? <laughs> now, fuck, you know. I wish yeah, I... Freddie Hubbard with what, yeah. the Imperial Isles. Yeah. Herbie yeah. Hancock. It's one finger snap. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he's playing cornet on this record, That's I think. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I listen to this shit for sure. I mean, I think... I mean, he, Freddie Hubbard changed the way people think about the trumpet. I mean, I think for his period, you know, I mean... I mean, if you think about the language, he's like kind of the bridge, I think, between... You know, it's like right before him, you know, Clifford Brown and Fats Navarro, and especially Booker Little, Lee Morgan, that kind of the crew, yeah, but yeah. Lee Morgan's more contemporary of his. But I think he kind of has, he kind of tied it all together in a way and made made it kind of possible to kind of, he was trying to deal with what Coltrane was dealing with, what Eric Dolphy was dealing with. And then Woody Shaw kind of comes in and kind of is this like intermediary. Like a lot of the changes I think you hear people playing today, especially like the, what I think of as like kind of like these modern, like modern jazz, like the way people play today. Like what's, can you describe those that way? Um, Or you could just no, it's, it's, no, I can't. I think it's just like I, I just want to describe. Well, I mean, it's you know, like what is Woody Shaw? The effect that he had 
the effect like that he had, that Kim and Wynton Marsalis later had on raising the bar, both changes-wise, what's possible on the trumpet, and what's possible thinking-wise, the way people think about what to play when they're playing over changes. Like, if you listen to, like, this, like, Freddie's approach, plus Woody Shaw and that stuff, like, a lot of people, that's, like, the blueprint for, like, how you hear, I think, to my ears, Rudresh Mahanthapa's... Steve Coleman, Steve Lehman, like that, uh, VJ, I, like a lot of the language, like changing the language of what's possible. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't sound so Charlie Parker anymore. I mean, it, yeah. Charlie Parker's in there, you know, but, and, uh, and I think he was one of the, one of the guys that it's so technically together. It's so technically advanced that it's just like, it's kind of like mind boggling, you know, and for this time, he was like really a kind of a dominant, I mean, he was more than a dominant force. He was the, you know, greatest trumpet player of his generation. Now, does that mean he was better than Lee Morgan? That's ridiculous. They're totally different kinds of players. They're different, doing different things. It might be subtle at times what the differences are, but I think, uh, yeah, incredibly important. You know, not my, you know, yeah. I. Not, not your primary influence. Is that what you're gonna say? I just don't, you know, I, I never, I, I, I knew that this was not in the cards for me. That's all, <laughs> right, you know enough, what I mean? It wasn't yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was, you know. I, 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 lo I love it, yeah. but yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have to not listen to it to not do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. this is not what's gonna come out Right, so playing. even if you don't have uh, the, the, um, chops or whatever to place it's it's more like, does, the, does it still it still influences your kind of like yeah sure I mean it's in there but you have to look I mean to actually play some of the shit you have to actually have an appetite to work with this material mm -hmm. like the appetite to I mean to practice playing like this in a way and that's not why I started playing the instrument although it's fucking amazing yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. amazing and and enjoyable. I mean, there's like things that he does that I actually... There's like a lip slur that he does. This is like super technical that I'd never really heard anybody do and I didn't know exactly what it's like from the bottom of the horn to the top and like... Yeah. Like really, like really fast. And I was like, oh shit, I should be really working on it. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize that was possible. And like, how would you learn how to do that? And then you have to think about it and you work on it. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's... You know, I just think it didn't quite line up that I'm, you know, sitting down learning Freddie Hubbard solos. Right, right. I think it's Herbie's record. It's a yeah, it's Herbie's yeah, record. It's, yeah, it's a quartet. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. another kind of odd thing. He's like someone who's like, like where it doesn't sound weird that it's like there isn't another horn. He yeah. can make it sound like, oh yeah, you don't need another. You don't yeah, need yeah, a yeah. tenor on this record because he's here. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think, kind of... that many notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in, in just his sound. He doesn't sound fatigued and he doesn't sound like... He's just ready. He's always yeah. ready. You know? Yeah. 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 What makes you laugh? This sounds fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Bill this is like some of the, this is like, this is like this, this era of stuff is like some, I heard a lot of this stuff very quickly um, into hearing. The first thing I ever heard by him was this, yeah, 
first thing I ever heard was that conquistador. That's what this so, is. So yeah, yeah, and it's 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 like, but it's not this part. I heard the. Yeah. This is. I mean, there's this, is, this solo part. There's this solo thing I heard. For, you know that first solo he takes. Yeah, this is with Exodus. Yeah, with yeah. yeah. So like that first thing, like I remember hearing that and I was like, I mean, that was it was just like. Astounding, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just like fucking amazing, you know. What was amazing about it? Oh, it's just it's like I could go. It's play lyrical. That. <laughs> no, it's yeah, yeah. cool. It's like it's lyrical. It's free. He's he obviously he's a contemporary of Don Cherry. It doesn't exactly sound like Don Cherry. It doesn't have. I mean, they're they sound like his own ideas, and they're really. It's like it's a very um, it's, I mean, it's very special. Yeah. You know? This is a, another one where I was hearing similar phrasing to oh, what yeah. you do. And also, I mean, for me, I'm curious what you think about this because you had a different reading of that one excerpt of the Don Cherry solo, but with yeah. having a lot of space in a solo, having these sorts yeah. of phrases that are like little sentences that end and then have a little yeah. pause and start again. I mean, I just am someone who's not... And I don't know where I, I mean, it could just be, yeah, I have no idea why this is, I don't need everything to be dense. Yeah. Like, that's not, to me, that's not the, the only way through this thing. Right. There's power to density. For sure. I mean, it's Cecil Taylor, you know? Exactly. You know, and there's a beautiful power to it, Brotzman, you know, and I play with some people who, like, density is, like, a real... Achievement, you know, it's like really something special about what they're doing, you know. But I think, I mean, Peter, I think, really deals with density really well. Like, he's like someone, yeah. Peter, I'm sorry, I'm changing back to Peter Evans. Oh, Peter Evans. Like yeah. someone who can really, like that kind of density really makes sense. It's not, it's not offensive to just be listening to more and more and more notes. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're making something out his, of this. His in this label style. is actually called Yeah, more is more. No, no, no. <laughs> I know, but it's, he's, yeah, and he's, and he's, and I think that there's something true about that for him. Do you know what I think? Yeah, but yeah. for me, I'm attracted to, I just think there's like something about being able to kind of, there's something really transparent about his thinking. This is what it sounds like to me. His thinking and what's happening around him, and trying to differentiate what percentage of me is here, what percentage of the band is here, what percent like always. So no one's like ever out. You're just, you know, now you're four percent, then you're eighty. You know, you're just how in are you? You know, and I think yeah. of like I think of especially you know like like the improvised records like with. Keith and Frank and Mark, or even this like last trio record, you know, it's like a question of like how out are you? How in? Like how dense is that? And I think when are you when you're saying out in the end, you mean out, in this case uh, in out, the mix, out, out of the well out of in playing the, in, the yeah, process, in the process or out? You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that that in this music you can kind of hear this a lot. I think yeah. How like where are you? What are you creating? Is it a longer form? Shorter phrases? Part of a longer form, just a phrase, a sound, and a, you know, and I think that no, this stuff is amazing. Yeah, I mean, this record in particular is yeah. pretty unbelievable. And when yeah. that there's that in Conquistador, I think there's that 
there's that kind of piece in it, it you know ba -da 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 -ba -da -da, you know there's like kind of a tune in the middle of it kind of, like that doesn't like how did that happen? You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very surprising. And I mean, do you think that... Cecil wrote that for him? Like, squared that right out for him, or is that? I have no idea. Yeah, right. I mean, I you know, look, when I met him and played with him, I you know, it was really it was with Rob's thing. There wasn't a ton this of time. This is exploding to... star. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of time to talk about that kind of stuff. But it was nice to hear what he is thinking about and see what he's yeah. working on in music. You know? Did he? tell you anything. Or I just got to see him how he ran the band, you know, yeah. and how he rehearsed with everyone and what's important to him about sound or... And what was important? Sonority, uh, balance, uh, intonation, uh, details of like time versus no time. Uh, I mean, like, I think a lot of the things that we all think about, he just happened to be thinking about it <laughs> well, that can only be one person, you know, Dr. Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you, add, I mean, just the, that smear? That... It's just his sound, no one's sound. He doesn't sound like anybody. Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. <laughs> I love him. He's yeah, yeah. So I, I saw it, seeing him was like, seeing him play was like one of the most formidable experiences of my very young career. I've been playing for like probably like four months when I first saw him. But like holy fucking shit, that guy is amazing. Yeah, what I mean, aside from you mentioned the tone that helps you identify that, but Well, I mean he's like someone who's he has this, you know, totally, completely personal sound. He's he's really a blues very interested in blues and R&B. Obviously, he played in R&B bands and played in blues bands, but he also really loves jazz, and it's like all evident. But he's like a, he's a guy who's like almost sounds like he's doing like their sound, like their their the sound is so important, you know, like almost more. I mean, well, it's all important, but it's like that's. The sound is like he's making a great argument for maybe it's not so important exactly what you play, but how you play it. You know, or at least that's the message. But it's all important. And then, you know, if, you, if what he was playing was stupid, it wouldn't be any fun to listen yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I love his phrases. I love hearing him do. I love like like all that art ensemble stuff. Yeah, you know, even the stuff before then. You know, it's just. I mean, have you ever heard, you You know, I'm sure you've heard that, like, Roscoe Mitchell, like, sound. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, when he's, like, playing harmonica, it sounds amazing. You know yeah. what I mean? When he's, like, like you yeah. know, I mean, he just, he can do anything. And he's just, he's, uh, he's a true avant-gardist, I think. It's, like, and this is more of, like, what I was kind of talking about, the idea of, like, trying to keep influences clear and diverse in a way. Because I think it's, like... It's, I'm sure he's a great lover of Miles Davis, but I think he understands like what to take from that and what to put here. And then like, and he made so much room for himself to come out, you know? I don't know, it seems amazing. Yeah. And it, it, it always sounds, even at its most free, it's like he always 
figures out a way for it's like it, it's it's a really really focused. I love this kind of shit. Yeah, the, this kind of shit right here. You mean like the, uh, yeah. the sort of like free sense of time here, or what? I think that was a part of a piece. Like I think like they just did like a hit and there was a thing. I mean it's like yeah. there's like you know like on uh, like on nice guys their version of like. I don't know, maybe it's that like five, nine, seven. Like I, you know, he's his use of little instruments like to make sounds, and then like playing something that sounds like a jazz head, then playing something that sounds totally free, then playing the thing that sounds like it, you know, it's out of like the Omni book, like the Charlie Parker Omni book, you know, some kind of you know like phrases of this, yeah. and trying to put them all together in in this completely original way, you know. I right. mean, it's you know it's exceptional. Yeah. Totally exceptional. Is is this Is this them with is this what what is this? Is Lester, Lester Bowie is the only art ensemble member. Like, oh, this one which is this thing? So this is um a Lester Bowie album called All the Magic. Oh yeah, that double record thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Um so I don't even I don't even think I know who's on that. Who is on? Yeah, that? so it's Ari Brown, uh, which is kind of cool cuz he's an actor. It's great. Yeah, of course. Guy. Um, and the drummer is Philip Wilson. Yeah. And I only know anything about the piano and bass player because I Googled them like two days ago. Nice, that's great. No, I have I have this. This is just it's like one of those things it's like you know, how yeah. often do you catch up with the thing? But it's like Of course. Yeah. And I you know, he had not just Ari Brown was on some of the shit, like uh, you know, Malachi Thompson, the great trumpet player who lived here, was in his brass his brass fantasy band forever. So there was always kind of a he had a lot of Chicago connections even when he left. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing player. Yeah. Yeah, this is fantastic. This is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to like listen to this when I get home. Oh, yeah, that's really confusing. Is that is that is that Kenny Wheeler? No. It's not, is that not Leo Smith? It is Leo Smith. It's Leo Smith. Okay, with, 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 uh, is it Braxton? Yeah. It's Marion Brown. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you see, yeah, when he's like really blowing, like that, he sounds very Leo Smith. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. That thing, and Kenny Wheeler and sound nothing alike, but there's that phrase, those phrases. <laughs> Yeah. It's like... Which record is this? Uh, it's... Wait. Ah, oh, uh, that thing. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's... Nice. Sounds great. Yeah, I mean, so I'm more interested in what you think about it rather than... Or what you're hearing. I mean, it's so much... I mean, you know, like so much of this music, it's like... Uh... Yeah, it's like the root of... You know, everything that we do in some right. way, you know, so it's like, it's hard to, I mean, Leo Smith is like another guy that I totally love and listen to and then just kind of very, you know, I was like, okay, that's kind of kind like, like what I want to do and then just don't, you know, check it. But I mean, I've seen him, I've heard him do some just, you know, totally amazing concerts and, uh, I was really affected by some, there were some things he did that I was like crazy, crazy affected by that, like his solo on, uh, 
on that Braxton Creative Orchestra music thing, like when he comes in on that, like that just, <laughs> just totally, yeah. you know, just, yeah, and I, I, I love that uh, three piece, that three pieces, three compositions on Delmar. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the Braxton one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, and Lou Holland. Yeah. You know, there's like some vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start off singing. Singing, yeah. yeah. No, I really love that. Yeah, yeah I definitely, I have, I, it's really sad One, I have this, but I don't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know it at all. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so it's interesting you mentioned also like that Braxton, that Braxton album, um, and the singing and stuff, because one particular thing I've been, uh, I've wondered for a while, is that it seems that, you know, you and, and the various, your various cohorts you're mentioning um, are, as you say, inheritors of this sort of, um, uh, sort of compositional structure and ideas about, uh, about tone and things like that, but uh, one thing that none of you ever do that I've seen is play on silver instruments, like the small instruments, the percussion, the other stuff. Later on this track, there's a guitar. Well, for me, I try, I've been trying to do this, uh, I'm trying to figure out, well, the thing is, you don't want, I mean, that really feels like, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of things I'd love to do with, like, little instruments, but they've already, I mean, that really feels like their idea. Right. Like, it's so close to the source, you know, and so, but what I have been figuring out, what I have been working on is I have, I have some objects that I've been working on, trying to figure out how to turn them into content of some kind. I have this plastic bag. You know. So th- this is your answer to your question. We don't use auxiliary things. Like, what are they doing? They're they're using these instruments to get out of. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's emotional. This is like it's difficult to talk about what they're thinking about. I don't want to like, course, pretend yeah. I understand yeah. what Neil Smith and Lester Bowie are thinking about. But I think. For for me, I'm not a I'm not a, a super uh, I'm not an intellectual in the way that you know I have all of these strategies to get. I mean, some people can are really some very successful improvisers think a lot about strategies for doing this stuff. That's not really what I do so much. But I am very interested in figuring out how to think about what comes, what should come next. Right. And another trumpet part, another cornet part, another cornet sound does not always seem like the thing that might be necessary next. And I do love music concrete ideas in a way, you know, like where it's like how to bring something from the outside into, outside sound into into this improvised world, you sure, know what I mean? Sure, so sure. I haven't thought about it a ton, but I've thought about it a little bit, and I, well, I think sometimes it works, and I feel like this is in a way getting out of their world and bringing something in. Yeah, well, know? like that, that, that was just like a Spanish guitar yeah. flourish. Yeah, it's awesome. No, that's what I mean, and I think it like it's, and it's surprising, and a bit, it's not so jarring, but it's like, oh yeah. That's that's a great what a nice idea, you know. And I think like that, you know, and the willingness to kind of commit to it is, you know, that's amazing, right. you know. And so I think that trying to deal with that is, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Sure, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure everybody is. Um, I don't think everyone is crazy about trying to figure that out in some way. 
Do you know what I mean? Like not everyone is trying to figure out how to how to how to put those little instruments or this auxiliary stuff in there. It's not a super. I mean, I I, I think Keith is a guy who would like to play, you know, like like 1970s style, like show up with like 35 instruments. Like he would love that if there was like a roadie, I think. You know, yeah, what yeah, I want to quote about. But well, you know, like that thing where there's like, you know, eight kinds of, like, like Russ, but like they used to do when they would set up the art ensemble or something. Mm-hmm. have an arsenal of instruments yeah. and all these different tables choices. And tables and, yeah, and just a bunch of instruments and he's interested in mm-hmm. all those weird instruments. You know, it's like, but that's not so much the style these days. Do you know, people mm-hmm. show up with like, Anne Horn, you yeah, know, yeah, one yeah. guy or whatever, sure, you know. Sure. So, anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just interesting and somewhat surprising that there wouldn't be as much more interest, especially because the way that their use of auxiliary instruments really changes the flow, larger flow of the improvisation. Totally. It, it does seem, I can imagine a lot of you guys doing that. But Yeah, but I think that I, I've never, we've never, I've never had this conversation with, with our guys. We don't really talk about music so much in this way. Uh, like ever, but I think it's not like when this music was made. I don't know specifically when this was. This could be, which doesn't, it was, doesn't matter. Yeah, really, 70s. But, yeah, but I think in the '60s and the '70s, I think you could show up with an instrument that you couldn't play very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's so true anymore. I mean, you know, it's like not a part of the jazz aesthetic. Yeah. Or you know, and it, even you know here to like you know have. An instrument that you know how to play like you know four notes on you know if you don't know how to do exactly the thing that you did before mm-hmm. like that's kind of a weird choice but why, I, why do you think that's would have i just think it's a lot of people's training i think honestly it's a lot of people's training yeah there's no good reason for it don't get me wrong i'm not like saying that, like it needs to be this way or has yeah. to i wonder if that's just like a part of the aesthetic and like, yeah. you know because sure. a lot of bands that people are coming together, they're like, oh, here, play this, yeah. and then do whatever, you know, do yeah. this other thing. Like, I don't think everyone's like, you know, could you bring a banjo? You right, know, right, just, right. You know, just a little, like, toy xylophone <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, there's, um, there's this whole other um, not very large world of people, like, doing, like, more experimental improvisation who maybe, like, don't even know how to play any instrument that well. But it's almost like a reaction. This is what I'm glad you said that it's almost like a reaction in some ways to that. Right. It's like, I don't think you can do that so much here. But I, but I don't think that people are as attached to that now. And I, I yeah, I, I, I dig that. You know, there's like people showing up and there's like, yeah. I mean, it can go many different directions. You know? <laughs> it really um, can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, and also like you speaking of like the training issue, you, you know, I get, I've seen plenty, you know, like people who seem to have groups. Um, or even it's just sort of a rock band aesthetic even of like you've learned to do play your instruments together to form a thing that you all do together and it's not that you sat down and were like what's the concept of our band and you're just like well what the hell can we do with all the shit we have in our basement and then that's where you and that can turn into like sounding like lightning bolt or something which I think is really great or it can turn into like thousands of shitty shitty art rock bands right no I think I, I would like to see more of that aesthetic in the, the, the thing, but, I, yeah. I, but I, you, know, yeah. you never know how that works out. Yeah. I mean, people do what they're interested in and what they're, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. No, I mean, it, it just would be interesting to see more, especially as jazz. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it's interesting since that you don't have a conservatory training because a lot of, it seems that a lot of people who make this type of music are 
at this point coming out of Oberlin and NEC and, and stuff like that. Right. And which is cool. Um, it's great. Uh, and and those who get Peter Evans's and as well as you know Jason Steins and all these other great players. Yeah, of course. But um, you know Jason started very late too. I mean, okay. he played guitar before, but I mean okay. he's like. A, I mean, and we okay, all so went, and he has, a de- he has a degree in music, and but look, I studied with guys, I and mean, it wasn't like I, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, picked yeah. it not up just, on not the street or yeah. something. No, for sure, <laughs> like, for yeah. sure. I mean, but like the Lightning Bolt example is relevant to me because it's like, I actually, like the drummer in Lightning Bolt, like that's actually probably, like, I've seen him play solo too, like that's kind of the only thing that he does. I saw that band, they were, I thought they were amazing. Yeah, but it's, really like, it's like, okay, so he can't also do these 15 other things, that's but really his contribution in making this type of music is like more interesting to me than what that of almost all drummers who can do many other things you know it's like <laughs> yeah, right. he's added more net total to yeah, the world even sure. though even though he can't also do like quiet free improvisation or something I, and i and that that's a good i mean that's a good point is i think that most all of the people that i think most of the people that i'm you know that we're talking about us playing that i'm playing with that it's their version of that like i think if that if it had become a part of their situation to have a ton of auxiliary instruments and that was a part of their aesthetic they'd be doing. I mean, I don't think anybody on this scene is holding back, you know, <laughs> like from their from their desire. And I think there's not a lot of guys I think on my scene who come from the punk rock aesthetic really. Yeah. I think that's like a different thing somehow. Yeah, no, it does seem to be. Which yeah. is, uh, that's its own thing. Maybe that'll be the you know, these yeah, yeah. younger guys who I, seem like they have more connection to that in some way. Yeah. Technique stuff that that sounds related. <laughs> is, this, is this Greg? No, Greg Kelly. No. Yeah, yeah, he's actually more austere than that, isn't he? You were saying extended take. You like? Oh, is this uh, is stuff. this uh, is this Nate? Yep. Or Axel? Who the hell is this? Uh, Friends Halpsinger. Oh, Friends. Fuck, of course this is. Jesus. I love that guy. It was his birthday yesterday. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Happy birthday. Yeah. Well, he... Fuck, he's amazing. I mean, well, that's the first thing. I'm glad they can name all those people because it's like every... This is the problem now. Everyone has like exactly the same like extended techniques now because everyone's like figured out how to do all of this shit that these... Like that Franz was doing like... 15 years ago, Axel was doing 15 years ago, you know, and everyone has their own slant on it and has yeah, their sure. own way of doing this stuff. Not that I've ever heard. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I've heard a lot of these guys. Yeah, do, do this thing. Anyway, Franz is amazing because I think he makes it, it's somehow, this is totally, it's free improvisation, yet it feels like. It's like somehow about something. It's like that Steve Lacey thing, you know, you'd say, he's like, it, even when it's free, it's about something this way, you mm-hmm. know? And it's, okay. it's a, you know, it's like, it's never without, like for Lacey, he says it's never about, it's not, it's about swing for him in some ways. There's something in there like that, but this, 
So this what do you, what do you like, think this is about? Well, I mean, I think it's about sound. Well, yeah. But no, I do. I think it is about sound. But it's it feels very free. You know, even though you know that he's done this like a thousand times, right. you know, in performance, you know. I once saw, I once saw, well, the reason I thought it was Greg in the beginning, I mean, until he made that, and it didn't sound like Greg at all, but there was this thing I saw Greg once do, and he was like sitting there with the trunk, and he was like, stop, you know, and it was yeah. like very, you know, and it was like really close mic, and it sounded exact, you know, I, I, that's the challenge of today, I think, now, with all of this. Like, everyone's got kind of the same stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like when Franz started doing this, not everyone was, yeah, know, could, yeah. could even do this. Yeah. You know, when Axel started doing this, Robin Hayward, or to, to, to do this, you know, it's like, like, not everyone knew how to do all of this shit. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, even people who don't like improvised music can do some of the shit. Right, you know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. because the expectation is that you can kind of do this stuff yeah, now I mean, in some way. Yeah. You know, right, and right. so. I, yeah, I mean, it was sometimes I've seen people do things like this and thought, oh right, okay, you're gonna demonstrate to me what it sounds like when you treat a trumpet this way or treat a saxophone this way. Yeah, but this sounds like, this is a guy who is, their phrases, their ideas, it's, mm -hmm. he has this incredible kind of, uh, like these really, uh, like, like, very interesting air articulation. Oh man, I've learned so much like just Yeah, yeah, time. when you hear something like this, are you, I mean, I don't want to say looking for ideas to copy, but like, are you thinking like, oh, he just did like, he just did a little stutter thing I with think your in, tongue? No, I think in, in 2003, two, three, like in the early 2000s, yeah, like, cause I was really trying to figure out what, how to do this, you know, mm -hmm. and and I think I was also trying to keep listen to everything and do everything and try to figure, you know, just what is my role in this, you know, thing. And hearing stuff like, hearing this kind of thing was really, like, just... <laughs> so great. Like, just, you know, and, you know, and he works with, like, a, you know, he, he... He does an acoustic thing, but he also does, like, really quiet sounds, but with a microphone, like, right in the belt kind of thing. So it's like... But then you can hear it as yeah, a yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like amplification is a part of his thing, but it's not the most important thing, you know? Right. So interesting. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I, now I try to just enjoy hearing Franz Halsing right now when I'm hearing this. Mm -hmm. And not, yeah, yeah. I just try to do my own work. And, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now if everyone has the same stuff, you can't help but, like, if you hear this shit, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I should do it. Yeah, you yeah. Keep your own it's funny, together. yeah. It's, it's very kind difficult. Of, it's way. probably a, it's kind of an alternate world version of probably like the first time everybody got like distortion pedals in like rock exactly. in no, like I 1960, think, whatever. No, I think that's true. But I mean, there's a way of, I mean, if you have a, a voice and a thing that you're interested in, I think it's not like, it's not like you have to, don't get me wrong, it's not like, oh my gosh, that's Franz Hautzinger or Greg Kelly or yeah. whoever it is. I mean, and those guys, I think, do something so different than what I do. It's kind of a pleasure to, like, just dig it. I don't yeah. make records like this. Right. You know? <laughs> you know, and I think it's, it's, it's fantastic to listen to. It's like Nate has made shit that sounds, you know, it's yeah. like very articulated. It's very air-driven. Yeah, yeah. Axel, it's less, 
Axel sounds more mechanical, I think, mm -hmm. in those situations. Greg is more focused, kind of, he has one idea that he kind of, like, lets happen, I think, mm -hmm. over a long period of time. But Franz, it's really kind of poetic in some mm -hmm. ways what he does, I think, over long periods of time. Yeah. Well, this is Axel playing yeah. Aramel. Yeah. And, I mean... Yeah, but he's, like, he's a really interesting figure. Because he's... I haven't heard this in a long time. It's a great song too. So what are you gonna say? He's what? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's someone who's like, he has so many just totally beautiful artistic ideas, you know, just, I mean, that are totally, in so many ways, his, you know, like on the instrument. And, and as a player, he knows the idiom, like this totally, of all of these lines, like totally idiomatic, beautiful lines. And then he's like, he has a lot of like, Booker Little style, you know, like, like really like longer lines that require really nice air support, <laughs> and like, and he has like classical, you know, you know, like that kind of thing. It's kind of, a, you know, it's really, it's and it, and it looks when you watch him do it, it's, it's really natural. It sounds really natural, you know. I mean. I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, I was very, I, I have to admit, I don't talk, I don't think about it a lot, but I was, I saw him, I think in 99 or something, maybe 99, and it was, it, I mean, it's just like, oh yeah, shit, it was 2000, it was Sven Ake Johansson, him, Rudy Mahal, Schlippenbach, Joe Williams on bass, I can't remember who was on bass, I'm sorry, but yeah, and it was like, no, it's just, I mean, for a lot of people, I think, at that show, you're just like, holy fucking shit, you know, like, this guy is, you know, he had this very deep, obvious understanding of sound, and, um, like, in this totally original and kind of profound way, and yet, like, really obviously loved jazz. And this, like, very, yeah. you know, and this is a bunch of those people playing funk. Uh, I mean, and I love. I mean, and, and like, oh, check out Rudy Mahal's entrance on this. Sorry. No, man, I I, I love this. You know. I saw this band do all of this stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, but like, think about like how they do, like, how this band does Twinkle Twinkle. It's like, I mean, it's astounding. You know, like they have like real ideas, and they. It's, Hard to come up with. It's hard to come up with new ideas about how to approach the stuff that are successful. Yeah. You know? And there's like something. There's like something comedic to some of these, but they like when you watch them, you have to do the work if it's funny to you. Right. You know what I mean? They're 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 play, they're playing. You know. Yeah. And there was something kind of. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very enjoyable band. Yeah. A very enjoyable band. They're amazing. Is there any particular way you could articulate what their new ideas with Monk are? 
I mean, even just narrowly within this too. I or just something. mean, I mean, if you just think about like, well, committing to the form, that's nothing new. Using, like, for instance, so, okay, so he's playing the changes in the form of some kind. Rudy is kind of freely being some kind of foil. There's like a prepared piano piece to it. It's just like, I mean, this is like uh, trying to make political rock music. It's very difficult. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like making it. Wait, what's the analogy there? I'm not sure I understand. How do you make a successful political song? Like, you know, yeah. it's like, how do you make. So, like, how many times has this song been played? A thousand, twelve hundred, I mean, who knows how many records this song is on, right? So, it's very difficult to make a meaningful version of this, you know, so I was just thinking, like, how do you write Blowing in the Wind again? You know, it's like, well, it's, you know, very, you could, but it's very difficult. So, they figured out a way that is both interesting, meaningful, and, like, it's enjoyable. It feels like a new thing. How do, how do you do yeah. that? When it feels like an actual, like it's a tribute to, yeah. to Monk as well. It's That's not right. Like, it's not like just using Monk they're, as a jumping off point. They're lovers. No. Bob, Bobby, it's Rob. It's Rob. Yeah. 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 You can really tell with him very, you know, kind of very quickly what, you know, who it is. And how? It's the sound lines. Those are very... Robin Zirk lines, you know? Very sure, nice. sure. Well, do you want to describe what makes him Robin Zirk lines? Well, he's another guy who kind of has, he has a lot of, uh, I mean, he was a great lyrical thinker, player. He knows he really, like, his harmonic shit is super together. And he's, uh, he loves to rock like this, this kind of thing. Because he loves that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. And, uh, that must be, is that, that's Jason and, uh, and Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know these records very well, but I know, yeah. I know of them. But, you know. Sure, 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 sure. I'm glad you mentioned rocking because, uh, <laughs> for, I partly picked this one when I was looking for a Missouri thing to possibly play you because I, like, John Herndon and John McIntyre and Dan Mitty's drumming in Tortoise yeah. was like really important to me. You know, yeah, I was yeah, listening yeah. to it at a very pivotal age, and I love hearing somebody play like a rock drummer here yeah. in a sort of jazzy setting. I mean, yeah. still swinging, but it's like the way, Look, he's, treating, Johnny, the way he's treating no, the snare is like absolutely. Amazing. No, this is a very. This sounds like what Johnny. Johnny's amazing, and I remember you know really in that that 2005 group was. Jason and Jimmy, and sometimes Anton Hatwich, but Jason Adeshevitz, Jeff Parker, myself, and Herndon on drums when he was really working on figuring out his jazz time stuff, like working on those music. So we were all like kind of working on that together, I think, you know, and it was like kind of amazing thing to like hear. Johnny working on that music and to do it with him and to learn so much by him, Shevitz and I both, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was amazing to watch um, Shevitz become such an important part of Rob's music at that time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a very 
I mean, that very Chicago thing, like, a lot of different players coming from different places. Yeah, of. yeah, that's right. And I, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, when I first met Rob, met him, I didn't know him, I just met him. When I met him, he was a bebop guy, playing with Eric Alexander and Lynn Halliday, and, you know, playing with jazz guys and making jazz records. Uh, but I think he's been a hugely productive, kind of amazing transformer. You know, he kind of figured out, a, like, a, you know, that he wasn't going to do, he wasn't going to make bebop records, and he was like, wait, I have a different idea, and he found him and Jeff working on that underground orchestra to underground duo, you know, all of that music, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and really I, still dealing with the stuff that he knew and challenging himself to like figure, you know, to figure out like other directions to go in. I mean, and it's it's a yeah, it's kind of it's it's a pretty amazing thing. I think what he's what he's done. There was this moment, and maybe this is what you experienced in a way, was that there was this moment where I think a lot of indie rock acts were very interested in like what jazz does, maybe as a process, mm -hmm. not necessarily the sound of it, but what like what jazz musicians are kind of working on or doing I don't mm -hmm. even know what that means exactly in a yeah, I mean, fully I, defined way but just like yeah. what are the components and how do you put them together Certainly structure. And, and it was right and so I think that interest kind of transferred to the listening public for a short time some mm -hmm. people stayed here you are mm -hmm. but a lot of people I think you know by 2000 even by 2000 2001 it's like garage rock was coming back I met those guys as the first record was coming out and I had been playing for about two years. And it yeah. was like, just as I think Rob was coming into, like they were just meeting those guys. Like, Which I guys? knew what I, you know, Jeff the whole and, yeah, the band. crew yeah. and the, those guys. It was just, that band was already together. It was Bundy. It was the first record. So Bundy was still in the band. And Doug, it was the rest of the band, but it was yeah. before. Sarah P. Smith. Well, that was, that was, I still, I'm thinking Tortoise. Oh, you're talking about wasn't even a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't even, that wasn't even a band yet. Got it, got it. This is like sorry. No, it's all right. It's just you know we would you know I remember getting together a, a few times sessions with Herndon and Josh Abrams, and uh, Jeff, and uh, this guy Alex Duvall. I mean you know Matt Lux was there. You know I mean so this was like proto working that shit out. Yeah. I just didn't really have it together musically right. enough to really. I mean, people dug it because they liked weird shit and believe mm -hmm. me that's what it sounded. It just sounded like I was one of those people who like. Yeah. didn't really know how to play an instrument it was like really figuring it out I mean yeah. I had some natural ability so it didn't sure, sound sure. like ridiculous but I definitely didn't know how to read music and I didn't know any scales and I didn't know yeah. you know so yeah, then yeah. you're just kind of dealing in a gestural and what you can kind of that sounds like music to you so there was like a point that I didn't quite have the balls yet to be like oh yeah I could do that now and I really felt like I had to like get my shit together and like learn how to play the instrument which maybe was true you know but I mean but now it looked back on it there was something really special happening here yeah, yeah. and you know that I think I kind of caught the the tail end of it. I learned I just I like you said I learned a lot from that music and it wasn't so necessary it wasn't so much about fusion but it was about figuring out what you're supposed to be doing sure Does that makes sense sure, and I think yeah. those guys really they figured out what they're supposed to be doing and it happened to connect with lots and lots of people where I think I figured out what I was supposed to be doing, and it just happens to be that I don't really like rock music so much. 